بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وأصلي وأسلم على المبعوث رحمة للعالمين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه من اتبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد So Ahmed Burhan uh, is the champion winner first place of the Dubai co- uh, the conference or the Quran competition yes. and we have with us as well brother uh, Muhammad uh, and he's also a well-known uh, Qari he's been putting a lot of work this Ramadan second place winner of a Saudi competition you know so may Allah preserve these brothers mm. and this is our this is our uh, Quran podcast and um, we want to highlight some of the important things about the Quran using these young brothers and the accomplishments that they've made. Uh, may Allah preserve it and mm. bless them in it. <clears throat> so first of all, Brother Ahmed, uh, Brother Muhammad, how are you mm. guys doing today? Alhamdulillah, man. Alhamdulillah, I'm doing amazing, alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah, we're doing very well. Thank Allah, you barak fikum. So first of all, we know that the journey of the <coughs> Qur'an, the rihla, begins in the madrasa. So, uh, what Duxi did both of you guys graduate from and what was the overall experience? Uh, okay, Alhamdulillah. First and foremost, like the brother said, uh, my name is Ahmed Burhan Muhammad and I'm 20 years old from the state of Minnesota. And we both graduated from Abu Bakr al-Siddiq Islamic Center, a very famous markaz or institute located in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Alhamdulillah, you know, it was a really nice experience, very top-notch madrasa with three levels. Uh, the first level being the Hingad level, as we say in Somali, uh, meaning learning how to read and write the Arabic language. Yeah. And the second level, uh, after you finish reading and writing the Arabic language, you move on to the second level where you start learning the actual Quran itself. And then when you finish the first time, as we call in Arabic, al-ula, then you move on to the third level, meaning the Hiv level. Actually, you stay in the second level for a bit more, Okay. but then after that, you go to the third level. This third level is a very... You know, hard, you know, very difficult course intensive. of uh, intensive HIF program. Mm-hmm. So you stay for many hours. You might come, you know, uh, days where you have school. So it's very difficult and you have to be very, uh, very consistent in this program. Yeah. So that's the last program. And obviously, there's more now. They have added more programs. You know, there's a Mahad program, there's okay. a Islamic Studies program. But that's where, you know, the student memorizes the Qur'an, competes in Qur'an competitions. Yeah. You know, it's very competitive in that field. It's not a really easy position. So those are the three levels uh, or Abu Bakr Siddiq has, that Abu Bakr Siddiq has. Yeah. Okay. MashaAllah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. My name is Muhammad Ahmed. <coughs> and uh, I also, as the brother earlier stated, uh, graduated from Abu Bakr Siddiq Islamic Center. And wallah, alhamdulillah, you know, brother Ahmed uh, covered most of it, but... um. Yeah, for, for the most part, uh, it's those three levels, um, and we all started from the bottom, you know, and alhamdulillah. Okay. To the top. Inshallah, uh, we're still trying to get to the top, but inshallah. we're getting closer every day, you know. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. So how how was, like, the hal of Duxi? Look, I know a lot of people talk about it. Oh, they hurt me and stuff. Mm. Was, it, was <laughs> it, like, rough for you guys as kids? Um, well, I, I would say, um, I guess everybody has, you know, rough days and yeah. Um, when you try to compete But overall Was it like It was it was cool and yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I mean I was In the journey of the Quran There's always going to be You know the, the tough days And yeah. um, There's always going to be The days where You look back And you like You know Here's the reward For those tough days sah, sah. But um, it, When you're in the moment Or on You know In the moment uh, You're always going to be like You know um, 
I don't like this. You know, mm. It's a struggle. Okay. I hate it here, <laughs> stuff like that. But now, like, I, I think so Ahmed can agree with me on this. When we look back at our, you know, struggles, we say everybody's like, oh, that's the good old days. Yeah. You know, our yeah. parents, they used to say something. When you grow mm. up, then you'll, you'll know, you'll yeah. understand the blessings that you had when you were young. Yeah. You know, the annoying speeches that I used to give you. Yeah. You know, they'll come in clutch later on in your life. Okay. Yeah. But the concept with Dixie, it's no different than school. Mm. You're going to come a day where you get an F, you know, in school. You get an F in that assignment. You fail that test. You were studying for days, maybe weeks for that yeah. test, and you still fail it. It's, it's all part of life. You have your failures and you have your successes. Yeah. And Duxi, you know, you had your rough days. But one thing that I loved about Duxi is the support team. The, the brotherhood. The brotherhood, the sisterhood. Yeah. You know, you have all these brothers and sisters coming to the same class or different classes where they learn the Qur'an. Uh, competition You know A brother's gonna go like Oh I'm gonna beat you tomorrow Especially when you're young You know Kids love to compete Yeah compete The sheikh goes like Oh he, he's about to yeah. beat you He's about to go to the, Get to the next surah What are you gonna do about <laughs> that I remember In one of my classes uh, In one of the classes In our class right now It was back in the day I was in um, Surah to uh, I was in Surah to Anbiya And I mm -hmm. think One of my friends Was way ahead of me In like the top surahs yeah. mm -hmm. And the sheikh was like If Ahmed catches up to you We're gonna put on a hijab for you You know It was like a <laughs> Joking type of way okay. So yeah There was a lot of competition You know Everyone loved the Quran But one thing I'll, I like to emphasize is Alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Gave us an amazing teacher A very wise teacher mm. His name is uh, Sheikh Abdul Nasser Farah You know Nasher. He produced more than 40 hufal Very oh, yeah, understanding Very understanding person He understood obviously You know sometimes There's going to be discipline You're going to get yelled at Things yeah. are going to happen In the class yeah. But at the same time You, you have to show The reason <coughs> behind Learning the Quran If you so. just go like Oh learn 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 This kid just programs he, he obviously He might reach the goal Learning the Quran But he doesn't know The reason and the goal Behind it mm. And he might just leave it But okay. alhamdulillah Our sheikh You know After every single day I remember after every single day When other sheikhs You know After 5pm Islamic studies is over khalas, okay, go home, Our sheikh He would go like You know sit down I want to tell you guys something. Every single day speech, what's yeah. the value of the Quran? What can it get you in this world? What can it get you in the hereafter? Mm -hmm. Gives you a little insight about the importance of the Quran. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, a lot of mashayikh nowadays, they don't have that. It's more like just, you know, recite to me, just go. Yeah, those But then they lose the tarbiyah side, yeah. which is the most important section of the, or the most important task for the shaykh. Okay, yeah, and, and yeah, this is the most important part, um, is, is, is given the reason for why you're doing what you're doing. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of, Uh, children, Muslims don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, and so when you don't have a reason, then you know um, betraying, you know the dean and turning back on it. Eventually, it will become something that's easy. It's gonna be like because I don't even know why I'm doing this. Exactly. Why am I here? Yeah, and you know, Shaitan was zuyin alahum, was alahum. So so he beautifies the worldly life for them, yeah. right? And so they got deceived, and that looks more appealing than this because if you look at it on face value, mm -hmm. being yelled at, waking up in the morning, and doing all these things—that's what you see. But you don't see the you know the, the the spiritual benefits. You don't, and if these are things that you have to understand, right, mm -hmm. in order to actually benefit from it. Otherwise, you're just reading from a a book, you know, that you don't understand the language. It's not your language, all these things. Mm. So yeah. people use that. Brother Muhammad, mm. was, there, was there ever days where you like woke up and you're like, bro, I don't want to do this. I do not want to go to Duke City. Oh, yeah, plenty, plenty. Um, <laughs> there's always days where, you, you know, you just say, like uh, like you stated, um, yeah. 
you wake up in the morning, you know, you're tired. The, the bed is the most comfortable, you know. They say the bed is the most most comfortable in the morning when you wake up. And, you know, shaitan is in your, in your ear whispering, you know, mm-hmm. hey, um, it's, you know, five more minutes so, yeah. or one more hour or, you know. Or say I'm sick today, you know, mom will understand, something like that. Oh, man, those sick days. Yeah, but then you realize that when you, you know, listen to those excuses that your body and your soul or shaitan try to give you, mm-hmm. you regret it eventually during on the day, you know. And um, I remember those days where I would skip Duxi, um and in the afternoon, I f- my friends would hit me up, you know, they came out of Duxie and they would be like, yeah, we did this, this, this today. And I'm, I like, I would come up to them, I would say, oh, well, I went to the white today <laughs> or I went to the park today. And really, when I went to a park and then they were at Duxie learning, they have something to show for it. They Absolutely. have something, you know, they walked out of Duxie. Yeah. They have something that they can, you know, like they still have with them. Yeah. I went to a park. Yeah, I got a couple shots in, but wh- wh- where is it? F- like, what is it going to do for me now? That's true. So that's true. that's a uh, point. Uh, also, um, the journey for the Quran when you're at Duxie, it's um, it's also difficult when you don't have a lot of you know friends, and you don't have like um, as Ahmed stated earlier, a teacher who you know cares. Yes. Um, yes. And I've I've realized and seen that you know as I've I started to travel lately, and I've seen like in other communities, you see. Um, people who don't have good teachers or yeah. they don't have teachers that are not like giving as much effort as the man we received right um uh, as as much as we received from our man and i always they always say the same thing oh we started with a teacher here and he left for another job or more pay or life which is um, tough issues. yeah because that, that relationship is important yeah with this teacher and the students yeah and, and you know showing that you care and masajid are not perfect uh, duxis are not perfect yeah. mean are not perfect right so um, we shouldn't really hold uh, individuals that do teach the Quran up to a pedestal yeah. right we should understand that they're human beings yeah. but when you see something that's valuable and that's and that's and that's great you should really treasure it and there's a there's a um, a tradition uh, and with with the with the duxis that Somali mamas do which I think is going to die out in yeah. our generation mm-hmm. and that is when you take kids to your uh, this, to the ma'lin and to the duxi, the moms they bring tarmus yeah. of, of shah, oh, shah. And, of and, and all these you know shah snacks and breakfast for, uh, right sometimes suqar and I was and, just and, in know, the Quran class this morning and, and, and my mom cooked <coughs> 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 look at that right why they do that because there's a concept in the Somali culture that's called like dua right exactly and the dua appreciation it's not talking yeah it's about appreciation it's not about it doesn't literally mean dua that you make dua and supplicate oh. but it's to Get the the um, no karam ahl al Quran. Yeah, to, of course, if to you take do karam for the ahl al Quran, even happy, if you're not from right. them, Allah subhanahu wa taala will treat you as if you're one of them. Absolutely right, yeah. and and <laughs> when, <laughs> yes, absolutely right. So yeah. we're not from righteous people, and we love them. But when you appreciate the righteous people, then Allah subhanahu because if you can't become righteous, at least have respect for them and exactly. appreciate yeah. them, exactly. yeah. make them happy, right? Because when the teachers are like that, and the Malamin love that, when yeah, they get the course, shah, they're like, course. Alhamdulillah, Jazakallah. Yeah. You know, Somalis, <laughs> you know, talking about the Malamin or the Sheikh culture with these students, yeah. we actually have it very easy in mm. the Somali culture. Oh, yeah. In Especially the, in the West. In the, in the, in the culture, yani if you go to Saudi Arabia or other countries in Egypt, yeah. I remember my Sheikh telling me once, 
he went to a majlis. Okay. There was a there's one of the kubar kibar al-ulama who's sitting in uh, in the halaqa Medina. Okay. He was sitting there. He was giving people, you know, a Quran lesson. And for every student that comes to the sheikh, you have to kiss him in the forehead when you come to class. Okay. Yeah. So basically, so my sheikh was telling us he was talking about how يعني, how much they honor the sheikh or the mm-hmm. the, the Quran teacher there. So he said, I just came and you know I'm not understanding the culture. I just salam. I gave him greetings normally. Yeah. You know I said salam alaikum. I shook his hand, and I just sat down. He didn't look at me all class. He didn't let me recite on him. I came the next day, same thing. He didn't let me recite on him. So I was like, what's wrong? I asked some of the students and some of my uh, uh, some of the, the my friends that were learning from him. They said yeah. you made a big mistake. Mm. You didn't kiss him in the forehead when oh, you uh, and he's, mm. he's really disappointed in you. The sheikh he came the next day. He said, oh sheikh, I'm really sorry. You bought him a little gift. He kissed him in the head. And sheikh said, yes. Now you understand the wow. value of the sheikh. So you know, respecting the sheikh is something very, very big, very yeah, big yeah, in yeah. our in our you know times. Even even like forget about sometimes you know mm. definitely it's lazim. For the for our ulama and our teachers of the Quran and teachers of Deen, but even anybody who teaches university exactly. level have respect. respect. We're not telling you go kiss your uh, uh, professors on the floor. No, 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 no. Yeah. Right? Right? Uh, on that point, yeah. there was that. Um, I don't know the hadith in Arabic or, or you know the incident, but there was a story about the that one statement that Ali made, Ali anhu, where he said, "If anyone is to teach me, you know, even." Um, any form of knowledge, yeah, yeah, a letter of, from the Quran, or yeah. I don't know what the exact quote was, but um, I'm just generalizing here. But he said that um, I would be a slave to him, yes, whoever um, can teach me until the end of times, until yeah. the end yeah. of times. Yeah. And, and we're not saying literally, you know, worship the the uh, yeah, yeah. The, the teachers, yeah. but obviously they have a knowledge, and <laughs> it's not like it's not any other knowledge. It's the Quran or any form of Islamic knowledge. That's with some, and you know, that's very absolutely. sacred knowledge. Yes. That's basically your your father giving you inheritance. <coughs> yeah. yeah, it's inheritance. The, in- the Islamic knowledge is inheritance is, from the Prophet. Yeah, this is the inheritance of the Prophet. So, and also, um, uh, you know, elaborating on what Brother Muhammad said. Yeah, it's it, you must respect this person. Sorry. You know, some people yes, there's an extreme side where people believe that the sheikh or the Quran teacher has no mistakes mm-hmm. and they awesome. follow them blindly yeah. into their mistakes. Yeah. No, obviously some you know they're human beings at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, we shouldn't judge them or yeah. say anything wrong and go out there and go like oh my sheikh did this. But at the same time, you must respect your sheikh, even mm-hmm. if he makes a mistake. You can you know. Sh- Talk to him privately, advise him, yeah. but you should never talk bad about your sheikh. Yeah. Uh, the, they say the meat of the ulama is poisonous. Yeah. Yeah. It's poisonous. The and there's some ulama from the from the uh, yani from the salaf. Some of the ulama, there were students that talked b- ill about their teachers, and they died a couple of days later. A couple. It's, of weeks it's, later. It's, it's it's dangerous, you know, to do that. I mean, be vigilant with the with the teachers. If you see that there isn't, you know, uh, sufficient. A quality teaching happening. Yeah. Of yeah, course, take your steps. Yeah. Take your steps, but at the same time, we need to understand that that these individuals have, or they have a maqam with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala that you know is not on a PhD certificate or mm-hmm. a master's, which we highly respect, right? But in the eyes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, they're higher than all these all those people with the PhD. You know what I'm saying? So this is why it's very important to respect yeah. the people of knowledge, yeah. right? Even if they teach you just one hadith, it's it's something. But then, in order to to respect those people, you have to respect the maqam of knowledge. This is why our deen is very important with knowledge. Ilm is a part of part and parcel of everything because before the amal, 
it's it's needs to be uh, uh, followed by or um, it needs to be perceived you have by to, yeah. Yeah. even even the people who are um, not you know they don't feel that the practice of the dean is helping them you know it's very much could be because they're not doing it properly exactly. they don't have the proper knowledge yes. you know they're praying they're worshiping Allah but they're doing it with 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 ignorance that's why I say um, when people in the you know especially here in America or in the UK but I'm just speaking from experience here in America I feel like the people have like a lack of knowledge about the you know the Dean Hence, why they don't have you know such a high regard so, for so. the teacher. No, I agree. Uh, and they see them in like a in a lower light. Yeah. And the reason why is because um, when you don't have the knowledge of the deen, that means you don't really know who Allah is. Yeah. And when someone tells you, "Oh, this is a, uh, a teacher of the Quran," this person has attributes. You know, like of a, of a scholar. Yeah. And this person, whenever you think about them, they remind you of the deen. You're supposed to think, oh, the deen, they remind me of Allah. Okay. So if you don't know who Allah is, you can't really take to perspective how great this person yeah, is. How you can't really appreciate yeah. who they are. No, I agree. And that's the importance of, yeah. of the end. So my next question for you guys is, what is your favorite moment of <laughs> this journey of the Quran? What was your favorite moment? My favorite moment? People would probably guess like Dubai or something, but yeah. actually like winning Dubai wasn't even my favorite moment. Like it was a great moment, but I didn't feel the happiness that I felt winning the 2016 Imam al Quran competition. Okay, I think that was the best moment in my life. Okay, we struggled so much, and that's like the first time that I actually made my health solid. That year, like boom, Masha, I got my health very man. solid. That was a struggle, and and yeah. also, it's so different when you win by yourself. It's like oh uh, wow. But when you're winning with your brothers, your whole and team, your, your whole team, it gets, like it's, winning it's all real. these places, and you're, 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 it's not only cash prize or anything, but yeah. you're going to Umrah with each other that same following month. Yeah, it has it's a different feeling with your families too. On top of that, it is a different feeling yeah. winning uh, Umrah and a ca cash prize yeah. with your friends going to the Prophet City, going to the Haram. Allah, it's it's the best feeling ever, and. Subhanallah, like that time I got second place okay. and I was so happy. You know, if you watch the video, there's a viral video that went really uh, viral. Okay. And there's a part where, you know, it, it happened in the Karamala Mosque yeah. and they were announcing the results and everyone's going crazy. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that video. <laughs> it was it's a very, wild, man. very wild, crowd. Was wild crowd. So what happened was every, I went crazy. They said second place. I started, you know, ah. and the people were like, why is he so happy? This guy's cocky. Why is he being so <laughs> yeah. egoistic? I was not happy for myself. Yeah. Rather. I was more happy that Abdul Khaliq, my best oh, friend, wow. got first place. Yeah, well, he was shout out to Abdul Khaliq. He deserved yeah. it. I know he's not with us; he couldn't yeah. make it. But you know, well, I, I was so happy well. that yeah. day because because Abdul Khaliq was like my mentor. Yeah, Abdul Khaliq was like my role I look, yeah. I, mean, I look up to him. Yeah, he's a you know, role. obviously, Abdul Khaliq was one of the first people to memorize the Quran. He was mm -hmm. the first person to memorize the Quran, and Subhanallah, this guy, man, he was just amazing. Even in school, I would come to him. For, mm -hmm. He was a, he, he's a grade above me, so I would come to him for. Help for other classes Or oh, you have the notes From last year Stuff like that So this brother Amazing You call him right now He'll answer your Allah call Allah In Allah. any situation So when he won I said Alhamdulillah Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah that I lost and Especially because yeah. um, Before that You know he, It was very he was, he was struggling a lot Okay So when you know It's very sweet When finally like, Struggle after struggle yeah. After struggle You finally made you get it the one, And then you get the biggest one SubhanAllah I wouldn't consider it a struggle he was a very and he was a very perfect like mm -hmm. when it comes to Quran he was very like 100% yeah, very yeah. perfect yeah. but you have to remember the Quran competition is all about tawfiq yeah, yes, people tawfiq. people you know when they see a Quran competition they're like wow this person is going to win subhanallah say no. mashallah make dua for yeah, him yeah. because 
Imam, it was said that Imam Kisa'i said, you know what? I am so perfect when it comes to Quran. You know, I don't even make mistakes. <laughs> you know, I don't make mistakes at all. Like no one can beat me in this yeah. Quran department. Yeah. That same, I mean, the following day, he goes in Salah, Surah Al-Fatiha, he gets a mistake. A place where people are like, what? And then, and then, so Subhanallah, Abdul Khaliq was an amazing person. But I feel like the spotlight was so on him. Like I remember, the whole class would depend on him. Yeah. Like the Quran class, Ma'alim would ask, "Oh, who do you guys want to go into competition first? You know, the the guys are asking for the order, <laughs> and we'd go like Abdul Khaliq, taban. You know, no one can go before Abdul Khaliq. And when he would go in the competition because of the so, so much pressure on him, and obviously this tawfiq min Allah, you know, if Allah Absolutely. subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to make a mistake, you'll make a mistake. It happened to me in many, many times, many instances where I I read that page probably a second before, you know, or a minute before I went in the Quran competition. I got the mistake from that same page I was reciting yeah. that moment. So subhanAllah, I wouldn't say it was because it was losses. It was because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not write that for him mm. in that certain moment. No, it's never a loss. It's never a loss. It's yeah, never a loss. You know? you, you, but then you when, he won, when he won that W, I was yeah. like, Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillah. And this is why it's important also to have in the journey, whether it's Quran or deen, ilman, anything, yeah. to have a solid group of brothers. It doesn't have to be big. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have to be a big circle. But having a, a group of brothers that you guys all want khair for each other, yeah. right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And you don't love, uh, uh, you will not believe until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. And some yeah. people think that that's like hand-me-downs and second. No, no, no. no, no hey, no. I wore this, therefore here, I don't want it anymore. No, no, no. no, no. Loving for your brother what you love for yourself is that very first thing that, you know, you that see. iPhone 11 that you just got, that you give it to somebody. That's the that's, that's the that's being talked about. You will not reach you righteousness or goodness important. until you pay from what you love. Love it. Love it. What was your favorite uh, experience? Was it the same? Yep. You guys did not That 2016 that. summer was the best, man. Anybody who's there knows it. 2016, shout out. 2016 oh, summer so shouting out. That was uh, the summer the of my, of my uh, that was the best summer of my life. Uh, I gotta say the same thing, man. You know, the 2016 summer that was that was the best summer okay. ever in my life. You know, um, just like you said, you know, going, you know, prepping for that competition mm. with the brother. That was back when everybody used to do it. You know, like everybody's in there from the the oldest to the youngest. Okay, and just everybody being there. The like the month, you know, a few months before coming to Duxi. I remember back then we used to come Fajr time. Wow. And that's work. That yeah. was, yeah, Masha that was Allah. like when you, when you talk about, you know, I hate it here back then. <laughs> that's when I really felt it. But you know, now I look back at it. Well, I tell you, I'm telling you, my friends, that, that, that was the best summer ever. That's that's really what it comes down to. You never really know the benefit. You know, shout out to the parents. You know yes, I think yes. a lot of the times we give the parents a lot of, you know, crap exactly, for exactly. the way kids are today. Mm. But, you know, taking into um, perspective and, consider, and consideration that. These were individuals who came to a country and culture that they had no idea what it was. SubhanAllah. And as raising the kids, they were they were also learning yeah. themselves. Yeah. It wasn't about the kids; just they were learning as well. Like, okay, so things are different here, right? Yeah. And they made a lot of mistakes on the way, but the sort of work and many of our parents—I'll say most of them, even—the the the you know the investment that they put in the children. You know, like, we need to be grateful. A lot of us turned out all right, okay, mm-hmm. and um, and for their mistakes, ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to forgive their mistakes. So, what are what are some of the obstacles you guys faced, um, or what were the biggest obstacles you guys faced uh, while learning this, whilst learning the Quran? 
يلا محمد um, I mean there was a few um, I'll say number one was uh, you know being uh, a youth and facing peer pressure young, being sure, a young man 100% um, yeah if you know facing um, yeah um, I would say f- uh, peer pressure for sure um, I would also add you know um Oh, just, 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 just being a young man, puberty. Yeah. yeah. You know, all this. You see all the other brothers and the things they're doing. Yeah. You know, and you're like, man, you know, I could really be out there and just like talking to sisters and girls. I don't, yeah. I don't have to be doing this. And it's tempting. Yeah. A lot is tempting. And this is what people need to understand is that to be a young man in this country, a Muslim young man, very, very difficult. Very difficult. It doesn't matter who you got around you because. The majority of the of the time of the day, you're around other people outside of the masajid, those circles, right? Um, and you're getting your secular education in. It's tough. Well, it's tough. And, you know, we need to understand that um, the sort of pressures that young men face are not really addressed. And I can imagine you guys learning the Quran. You guys probably seen other people where you were like, man, you know, like so and so Nikon, he's doing this, and you know, bro, he looks like he's really living the life. And these are people who are probably learning Quran with you guys at some point. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, uh, I, c- I can I can understand that. How about you? What was your? Well, another peer pressure. Obviously, adding on to peer pressure. Uh, uh, <laughs> did I say another uh, obs- peer pressure? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> another reason. Another obstacle, obstacle. I meant to say another obstacle or another reason that w- I, that made learning the Quran very difficult mm-hmm. is. You know, sometimes you might excel in your studies, mm-hmm. and there are haters. Oh, yeah. There are a bunch of oh, haters. Oh, my God. Yeah, I remember so. at a young age, I had a really nice voice, alhamdulillah. MashaAllah. From a young you're, age, you're what I really it. loved, what I really loved is listening to a lot of different reciters. Mm. I used to love listening to imams of the Haramain, imams in the Khalij, imams in Egypt. Shout out to the kingdom, man. Yeah, shout out to the kingdom. <laughs> Yeah. May Allah bless the, the country the of Tawheed. <laughs> and you know, may Allah uh, rectify their affairs. I mean, I mean. But basically, I I really loved listening to recitations. Yeah. I even used to virtually pray behind today since I found out you can't do that. You know, I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. And I and I wouldn't pray that I mean the fara behind them. It was just be practicing salah. So I really had a nice voice, you know, I used to practice different voices, you know, just by listening I could, you know, you know, capture a lot of different sounds and notes okay. and tones. But what I've noticed is a lot of people start hating on me. Yo. Like, you know what, bro? You're you're a show off. I, I could see that with you're you. You're a show off. I can see a lot of people, especially like where you guys have reached, bro. Yeah. And then seeing, you know, you guys are actually no, no. Actually, now I, I I don't get as much as hate, as much hate as that time. At that I was well, coming. I was coming up. And then all people. these people go like they'll go like, bro. Like, why do you come so early? Yo, why I are see. you always reciting the Quran to him? Like, we yeah, didn't yeah. recite to, today. We it's didn't recite today. Tie. You probably yeah, get it's that. You know, it's your own people. I didn't come with my ashra. It's your own people. Yeah. I didn't recite the, the Quran to the Sheikh today. Why are you doing it? Why are you such a peon? Why are you so, yeah. so so this? Like all these like different terms. Uh, so basically, you know, when you're the you're the singled one out from the whole group, you're the one singled out from the whole yeah. group. You're gonna feel some type of way. So what I did is, I mean, there was a whole pause. I stopped reciting the voice for a whole like two or three years. It's like you know, what, you know, I'm done with that that lifestyle. Alhamdulillah, I'll, I came back to my Sheikh. Mm-hmm. That time I was in a different class. Okay. And I came back to my sheikh, and all I mean, all my, all, I met a new, new group of people that really pushed me 
I, like they really pushed me. They were amazing friends, like Muhammad, uh, another Very brother cool. named Hamd Khair, Abdul Khaliq, Muhammad mm. Alas. Like uh, it was a group of people, a new group, you know, a new group. Uh, the OGs, we call them the OGs. OG group. <laughs> the OG group. And Sh- they're like, shout out to the OG group. Yeah, uh, yeah, group. yeah. One second. So I was like, I was like, they were like, the bro. Lord. So they caught me one day. They caught me one day. We sitting in a good voice in the corner, yeah. and it was Muhammad Khair. One of my friends, Muhammad Khair, and I need to give him a shout out. Mr. Prez, I don't know if you said Mr. Prez on. Oh, of course. How could we forget? This is the legend. Shout out to Muhammad one time. Mr. Prez, Chef Muhammad, he's 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 holding it down over there. Yeah. So basically, I was like, Mr. Prez caught me reciting in a really nice voice, and I was like, Bro, if you have this nice voice, why are you hiding it? Like, bro, you know, I really got bullied for this before, and I'm not trying to recite in a good voice. I'm trying to stay on the low, low. And then he told my mom, I was like. List this guy's recitation, um, re- recite for him nicely again. Yeah. Mama Alin took me, because of my voice, he took me out from the lower group of Subah mm-hmm. to the highest group of Subah. Even though I didn't know as much as Quran as them. Overnight success. Overnight success. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to put time into this kid. He has <laughs> potential. <laughs> he has crazy potential. <laughs> so when Ask Afis was that, yani, that, that hatred you get from people just because you excelled. But Wallahi, if you look at today, those same people that used to make fun of me or who used to put me down today, Oh, Qari Ahmed, how are you doing, bro? Wallahi, I need, I need your advice. I need your oh, help. Man. It's the same thing that happened in the time of... um, The same thing that happened with Ibn Abbas. Okay. Ibn Abbas, you, Ibn Abbas and the Prophet Ali Sallallahu Alaihi time. Probably After the Prophet Ali Sallallahu Alaihi died, he was only 13 when the Prophet was dying. Mm-hmm. But then he would go to all these big ulama and he would aspire... يعني, all the big... يعني, kibar al-Sahaba, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, all these... He would want to take knowledge from them. But then... Abdurrahman uh, Awf's uh, son, Abu Salama... He used to make fun of him. He's like, you're not going to reach these guys. They're way bigger than you. Yeah, this, yeah. Uh, and then this guy, he didn't give up. He kept going to kept going to them. Guess what happens? After, يعني, later on, after Abu and Uthman, all these people, he becomes the biggest alim in uh, Medina. Of the Quran. And then of the Quran, and tafsir, and yeah, the science. They used to come to him. All his friends that used yeah. to make fun of all the people that used to make fun of him, used to, uh, they, they came sat and they sat under that's, him. That's right. So, so I, I, I would like, I mean, advice for all the people watching this right now is don't listen to the haters. Mm. You know? Yeah. Turn uh, off the sound. Turn off the yeah, voice. Shut down all that also, um, activity. Also, Neil, don't take off your headphones. Yeah. <laughs> right. I know he's just walk out. Yeah, going off. Um, people, you know, when Ahmed speaks about haters. Uh, yeah, the haters. But on the, on the contrary, you know, having um, a support group like mm. Muhammad Khair, you know, mm. Mr. Okay. Prez. It's very important. Uh, he as well, you know, also gave me. Uh, I remember back in. I didn't, you know, if you ask my, my my classmates, I wasn't really, you know, much of a voice person. You know, I wasn't really known okay. for having you voice. You weren't into that. Yeah. And yeah, I remember. I'm shocked by his voice now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think I started, like, maybe coming out uh, with my voice maybe, like, three, four years ago. And it was back when Mr. Prez, um, he, he was in our class, and he told me, um, you know, like, I know you have potential. And I've heard you, you know, I used to read in the corner by myself, you know, you to too? myself. Where, where is this to corner myself. of just reading? Everybody's reading a class. So you would pass, you would pass, right? <laughs> we, had a, we had a format where you would pass. Once you pass, you go back, chill in the back, you know? Yeah. And there's a line in front of the Ma'alim. So I passed my Quran, I would chill in the corner. And he usually, you know, he was the, he was the eldest. So he yeah. would always like be helping the Ma'alim, listen to students. So he would be in the area where we would be sitting. And this guy would hear us, you know, like practicing on our own, you know, practicing the, the the videos that we've heard on YouTube. And this guy told me, yo, why don't you, you know, try, uh, or like, you have a good voice, why don't you, you know, why do you purposely make yourself sound bad or I can't lie. monotone? I can't lie. Like me, you know, it was like, it was a very s- small period of time. And my mind, he kind of had an idea that had a voice. Yeah. Yeah. With this guy, 
like I'm telling you, you used to recite the Quran like a newspaper. You, you can look at my old. Yeah, yeah, you can watch my old. Like, like my like, first conversation. Like, <laughs> I was like, Anzalna. I was like, bro. Born. And, 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 and then Ma'alin assigned him to do an Ashid. Yeah. I don't. It was a Qasida. Oh, yeah. It was like a poem. Okay. I got, yeah, that exposed me. Uh, That's how I got exposed. Uh, uh, it was a Qasida. It was a Qasida. Uh, uh, okay, okay. Alhamdulillah. The one that made him cry. So basically, this guy was reciting with a beautiful voice, exactly the same way as the guy from from the YouTube video. Yeah. And then my mind I was like If you can recite he's, The he's poem on point uh, Or the nasheed on point Like why with the tones with the Why can't you do that With the Quran So that's when he started Pressuring this guy Like you know That's when he got on You know Finding potential See Ma'alimin understand Some, some exactly. things right? They yeah. understand When they analyze kids They know You know Where a student can go There'll be some students That they will They're very great At memor- memorization But their uh, You know Their um, Recitation Their recitation their tilawa may not be that beautiful, but in terms of memorization, they're you yeah. know they go somewhere. Sometimes the thing that that puts people off of the Quran, like, is that they've never really searched and discovered their true voice. Yep. Mm. You know, a lot of times the mistakes that people do is that they'll go and they'll imitate people that they like, mm-hmm. and not people that actually share their sort of voice uh, a pattern. Um, and I noticed this, they'll go like Mashadi and Era, you know, the Su- Sudais, and they'll try to imitate Sudais, and they'll fail, <laughs> okay? Yeah. They'll fail. What, you know, and I, I was like that before. But what made me have an immense love for the Quran was when I found my voicemate. You know how they say soulmate? Exactly, yep. yeah. I have found my voicemate. Yep. Yes. My voicemate is Sheikh Abdul Rashid Ali Sufi. Yep. Exactly. Allah, uh, uh, preserve him and bless him. That's a big desk. That's our Sheikh. Because he has a deep voice, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I have a similar voice. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I was listening to him, and I love his, his recitation, and I was imitating it, I was like, this is my guy. And I actually was memorizing many parts of the Quran and I never used to do. And I had an immense love for the Quran because of this individual. So it's, sometimes it has to do with discovering your voice, yep. right? And your potential, yep. right? Don't do things just because, you know, you like somebody. Exactly. But really find it. Because once you do that and you find out like... Once what, you find the passion. Yeah, yeah, the passion, the potential of your voice, then you can really begin to enjoy reciting the Quran. You may enjoy other people reciting, but you can really enjoy reciting the Quran once you find your niche with the voice. Exactly. Right? So my next question is, um, what's the importance? Because I see this sometimes. May Allah forgive all of us, but mm-hmm. there may be some Quran that are famous, but you may they may be doing some sus things on social media, or they may be involved yep. in some weird, you know, uh, activities. Yeah. What's the importance? Let's talk about this for a second. Implementing what you know of the Quran, you've recited the Quran, you memorized the Quran, you've won competitions with the Quran. How about implementation? Well, I can't lie to you. One thing people need to understand is before I get to implementation part, one thing people need to understand is when they go on social media, they go on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, they should know that when they're looking at someone, they shouldn't I mean, judge them. Mm. I mean. The, they shouldn't say, oh, this guy is reciting the Quran so beautifully. He's amazing. Oh, this guy reciting the Quran can be an atheist for all we know. Yeah. I remember there was like a little, um, I don't know, it was like a little scandal that happened in the UK. With yeah, the fitna, that, yeah, the fitna, fitna that happened. Yeah, yeah, There's a whole brother who was making money off of Quran or Ruqya. 
and he became like uh, he made a lot of money off of it and he, he didn't believe he in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he didn't believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and there's a hadith that the Prophet alayhi salatu wa salam says in the end of times the Qurra will be the biggest of munafiqeen mm. people don't know this it makes me scared mm. but the thing that puts me in check myself when it comes to implementation and obviously implementation is the number one thing yeah. don't learn the Qur'an I'll advise everyone on here if you're not going to implement the Qur'an do not learn it because mm. it will be a burden. It will be burden against you on the Yeah, for some people it will be hujjat alaykum. alaykum. Alayhim. Or some people it will be hujjat. Lakum. Right, lakum. For it will be hujjat. But what, I've, what I've noticed is a hadith that really puts me in charge. Hujjat actually means proof, guys. I, yeah. I know we use sometimes yeah. lingos or thoroughs. So like, what? yeah. What's hujjat? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, One yeah. thing that really puts me in check, a hadith that really puts me in check, is the, the long hadith where the Prophet ﷺ says, the first person oh, to enter hell. As a alim, as a scholar, like imagine everyone is standing. In there too. You know, no, no, the alim, the alim comes under the qari, the Quran, Quran, everything. So, so, so imagine you're standing in the day of judgment. Everyone from all different nations, everyone, fulan, fulan, come here. Go like, whoa, this guy must be going to jannah. You know, this guy he probably did amazing. So imagine in that moqif. Fir'aun standing right there Haman, Qarun, Abu Lahab Everyone standing right there Just watching you And then imagine They tell you SubhanAllah You're going to hell Before first All these guys <laughs> SubhanAllah يعني, It puts me to tears It's one of the scariest hadith Imagine Abu Lahab Who transgressed Against the Prophet <laughs> Fir'aun Who transgressed Against Musa And Harun Qarun <laughs> All these guys Imagine I got a person Who said Ana What's yeah, worse than that Like we can understand An atheist And not believe Like I don't understand But imagine someone who instead of believing he said I am God myself I am God yeah. so imagine you as a Qari or the Alim or the or the person who gives money Sadaqah the businessman who gives Sadaqah or the Mujahid Fi Sabirillah yeah. or the, I mean, the person who fights for Allah's sake imagine so, if you go to hell before Fir'aun mm. like uh, you might as well not even learn the Quran at this point yeah. and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says you know why did you learn this knowledge why did you uh, you know seek knowledge and and when he asks you you go like um Obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did it for you And he says Qad kathabt. You did it so people could say Fulan Fulan is this and he's the most knowledgeable yeah. And then they will drag you to hell Yeah. No, like so that after hearing that hadith you know In the end of the day we're not ma'asum no. uh, Ibn Adam we're all the thousand. sons of Adam are You know they're, يعني, they, they're sinners Absolutely. But the best of sinners are those who repent Absolutely. You might, I know a lot of Qurra you know They have their moments you have your up and, uh, يعني, uh, and downs with the iman yeah, yeah. At the end of the day this Qari is exactly the same Person as you, yeah. you should view them as a person, Bani Adam. Yeah. You know, let's look look at Abu Darda yeah. with the with the occasion with Bilal and Murabah. He got mad at him one second. He said, "Yamna so that." He yeah. said, "You son of the dark woman." Tough time. Imagine so. Imagine if the Sahabs are making mistakes. Imagine the Qurra of our time in this amidst all this fitna. Yeah. So I would say to people, implementation is very important when it comes to the Quran. It is so important. Imagine Al Imran and Bakr coming in the day of judgment, going yeah, like, yeah, "This guy used to recite me like a newspaper and a song. Yeah. He used to just sing me, but he would never act upon me. Mm-hmm. And it's super scary. I'm not saying I'm the most perfect people, you know. And Muhammad's probably not saying he's the most pre- most no, perfect of people. Yeah, no, but we try. Well, no. we try. And the the Sahaba, some of the Sahaba, they were on one surah. Or one part of the Quran for almost eight years, Five, for eight, more than eight, seven ten years, years. And th- just and so they is, can understand the ahkam. This is this is this is why it's also important to the ahkam understanding and before implementation, right? Um, there's levels to this, mm-hmm. and I know the brother mentioned a couple of times it's, mu- it better, it's better not to even learn it, but um, what he means is, and, and I'm pretty sure you agree with me, is that we need to always purify our intentions for why we're doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, we want everybody to learn the Quran, but purify your intentions always, right? Keep yourself on check because there may be times where you have your glory moments that shaitan may come to you and you're yeah. big headed. So yeah, um, I know uh, Ahmed, of course, uh, experienced this a lot, but in those moments when you win the competition yeah. or you do like something, you know, or you lead tarawih so or you lead salat, uh, me personally, um, with the trick that people, I, I've got a couple questions like that yeah. before saying like, how do you, you know, keep your attentions pure and stuff? Yeah. And what I've told them is just always believe that um, you're nobody in the eyes of the people. SubhanAllah. And belittle <laughs> yourself. Yeah, like you belittle yourself. People say, oh, but that's going to lower your self-esteem. But no, it's actually better for you to, you know, in your own eyes to be a nobody. Other people can praise you. That's that's for them to say. But for you, humble you know, yourself. Humble yourself. Definitely. So Allah sees your intentions. Yeah. And sees that, you know, I'm not doing this for any worldly mm-hmm. gain, for praise, for fame, yeah. none of that. And always, you know, um make uh, I tell people, um, make wulu and pray to you know, for Allah, you know, keep my intentions pure. Just And yeah. Yeah. Allah, so one thing, you know, that keeps your intentions pure too is worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the Quran that you know, mm. standing up nighttime. And also a big thing is sitting with the ulama. Yeah. Always accompany the, the people higher than you in, in from knowledge. Yes. If you if you're sitting with people obviously I'm not saying you shouldn't sit with people on have less people, knowledge than you average people. Yeah. But the more you sit with them and you're always the number one per, one number one person in the group yeah. where they treat like a yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yo, what's your fetu on this? Frequent. What's your fetu on uh, this? Now you're the biggest big, you know, you see yourself as the biggest thing. Oh, like there's no one bigger than me now. Yeah. But then when you sit with the ulama, you feel like nothing. I love that feeling. Go, I love that feeling. I love that feeling. Yeah. I, I felt that today. Yeah. I felt so that today. I was sitting with one of the, alhamdulillah, one of our brothers who, who studied in Medina. Young, young up-and-coming young scholar. Young upcoming and scholar. And subhanAllah, like, I felt like I I was nothing. I was like, I looked at myself and I was like, yeah, Ahmed, you're nothing. Yeah, so wow. sitting with the people that of knowledge, Humbles people you. that are higher Definitely. than you. The crazy part is you can... He has no books in front of him. Yeah. He has no phone. He has nothing to look off of. This nothing, is all memory. Just yeah. all memory. He naming every, dates, na- dates, names, numbers, everything. Hadith. It's, it's, and Quran. this is and this is the tawfiq that Allah subhanahu, Allah subhanahu ta'ala, ta'ala, gives. ta'ala gives. So and this is what we always ask for because we're nothing except if, yeah. if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala isn't pleased with us. There's people who have memorized books in the past that will be going definitely to the hellfire. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is why we need to understand that tawfiq is min Allah. And these are things that we should always be making dua to Allah subhanahu mm-hmm. wa ta'ala, which leads me to my next question, right? Um, what, 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 what would life be like for you guys if, if, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he took away the Qur'an from your hearts? SubhanAllah. I want you guys to think about that for a second. If everything you memorized, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he took it away from your hearts. From your memory, from your livelihood, what would life be like for you guys? Subhanallah. Um, would be nothing. Wallahi. It would be nothing, absolutely nothing. The only difference يعني, between me and the brother or sister that walks in the masjid, the only difference between me and her is the Quran. The Quran has raised me in status. Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raises the people with the Quran and their status mm-hmm. with the Quran and he puts other people down. So yes, the only difference that makes me today, why is this uncle standing up for me, but he doesn't stand up for my high school friend? What's the difference to be between me and this guy? It's because I carry the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm-hmm. The words of, and if I lose that today, 
I am no different يعني, than يعني the, the homeless people or the, the people standing us. No difference. No, yeah. no difference. Absolutely. But but we're worse. Wallahi. if we had the Quran, we lost it. We'd be worse. Wallahi, the I don't know the immense, immense, uh, immense sorrow. Wallahi. I, I, we wouldn't give it up for the world, man. Honestly, wallahi. I would. I would not. If you, if someone came to me today, if someone came to me today, wallahi billahi tallahi. If this person offered me mil al ardi dhahban. The whole world filled with gold, everything. Imagine, when we, they say Mil al it means the whole world, every piece of land is covered with gold. Mm-hmm. If they came to me and gave me the earth full of gold, I'll not accept it. Allah, I'll never. not accept it. I'll never. never accept it. People think we're just, you know, trying to gas I in. Guess, well, Allah, no, we're honest. We'll never well, accept it. I'll never accept it. Because no amount of money can replace the happiness I feel when I recite the Quran. And this, and this is the thing about the Quran. The Quran gives you. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this book he he shows you a different world of course yeah. he opens up to you a different realm a dimension that the average people don't know and you see when you have um, when you're with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you have munajat that interconnected relationship with Allah even you don't have to be a somebody who memorizes the Quran you could just be somebody who like likes a certain verse or they find a qushur in certain parts of the Quran you know and they are contemplated on a, a specific verse and this will be enough and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the doors and he says what does he say about the Allah inna awdiya Allah la khawfun alayhim wa lahum not even in this world only glad tidings for them in this world and in the hereafter right so so this is why it's, 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 it's very important and um, without the Quran we are empty vessels without the Quran يعني, I have been put in my life I've been put in many situations where I could have fallen for peer pressure doing haram things many haram mm-hmm. things Many haram things like uh, you, you know you have a friend, or you have some someone telling you to do something wrong. Yeah. Like oh bro, let's let's do things thing together. Let's go mm. to this party today. Let's yeah. go let's go to clubs. But then you go like wait, I have the Quran in my heart. I have uh, I am carrying Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's words. Do I really want any Yasin and Taha and Maryam to come to me on the day of judgment? Going like oh Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, He carried us, but He only used to recite us. He never he truly had us in our hearts. He was not a true friend to us. He betrayed us. He stabbed us in the back. The Quran will say He stabbed us in the back. So I remember that and go like, and obviously you know fear of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala and go like you know brother you know I don't indulge in this type of behavior. Yeah. You know we can go play basketball together. We can play soccer together. You know we can go to a masjid together. But I will not indulge in this. Disgusting behavior. And, and, and I just want to um, uh, give people a realization of one thing here. I know recently, in the past couple of years, there's been this trend on social media where we love the voices. Oh, yeah. It's not even about the words anymore. It's yeah, the voices. You guys ever think about that? People are like, oh, my God, listen to this guy. Why? Sounds great. You know why? It's because just um, as you brought up, you know, in your... Uh, earlier when you said about the average people they don't understand what's going on when people see me they try to you know um some people try to say that about um me and a group of friends you know and my group of friends saying that oh we only like because of the the voices and the comments but the problem is when you go through the struggle when you've been you know taking tafsir class together when you were there you know when 
the surah that your brother's reading he you remember when he got reje- yes when absolutely. he was when that when he was struggling to learn that page yeah. back in the day yeah. when you know back in those nights where he couldn't um uh, tell him if you don't come to you know duxi tomorrow without this page you know being perfect you know then uh it's going to be trouble for you when you see all that then the person the average person can't put it into perspective the true love that yeah. you have for the quran so when he sees me and ahmed um uh, listen to a quran video and i'm showing ahmed in random uh, in the message somewhere or at school and, I sh- and i'm showing him a video and he sees me and him smiling or laughing or enjoying it and this guy's like what's like what's going on here these guys are just they don't even care about the quran they they just like the sounds and i'm like how could you say that subhanallah we're we're obviously you know um enjoying the quran here um plus you don't know what's in the hearts yeah no so. also yani, i wanted to add on to the brother uthman what he said about the voices mm-hmm. and subhanallah i find it annoying sometimes you yeah. know as much as i love the different tones of the quran recitation and i believe you know it is okay if you're following the tajweed rules and the, the pondering and the reflection of the quran comes first yes those are the two conditions many ulama put across yani, obviously you have to say the quran with a beautiful voice the Prophet ﷺ said, so he's, not amongst the, he's not from us, the person who does not recite the Qur'an beautifully. You also know the story of where he went to Abu Musa al-Sha'ari oh, one night and he saw him reciting the Qur'an with a beautiful voice. Yeah. And he said, you have been giving uh, a voice that compares to the flute the of Nabi Dawood. So yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. but then when it becomes music, like the Prophet ﷺ said, the people will take Qur'an as if it's, it's music. I, mean, I, would, I would be leading Taraweeh today. You know, I would probably be reading a mm-hmm. very sad story. Maybe when Adam was kicked out of Jannah or one of the Ahkams, the yeah. very deep Ahkams. I'm thinking about the ayah. You know, I might change a tone. You know, I'm not thinking about changing it, but it's just, you know, smoothly or yeah. it's a smooth transition. I didn't, I didn't prepare for it. Yeah, we, we but then, but then, then you have all these little kids now. Honey, they don't know the tafsir of the Quran. Oh, brother, you recite in this tone, and then at that moment, you, diff- and you, you change this tone. Or why this, could you? No, you, why could you not come to me and ask me about the story? What happened? Yeah, what was my and I think, and I think this, this becomes a problem. It becomes I know, a problem. I know maqamat yeah. and, and 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 reason is you know uh, mujawid style yeah. as you see many of our Masri uh, brothers yeah. uh, made yeah. popular. Yeah. Um, but even putting sharut on those things and saying, "Look, this is sharut, sharut or shartan." Yeah, of course. You know, the people don't see those things like you mm. mentioned. So for yeah. them, it becomes about the voice. And don't get us wrong; we love when people are listening to Quran. Yeah. But one of the things that's a huge turnoff for me is, like you said, Brother Ahmed, is that we forget about the message of the yes, Quran. Yes. Yes. And we get carried away with the voice. Yes. 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 Do you not reflect on the Quran? Or is your hearts locked? SubhanAllah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so, so, so brothers and sisters, you know, we need to all understand this, that it's not just about the voices. The voices are things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us, but we got to pay attention to that. It's the message yes. which Allah is trying to deliver to our hearts. I remember there's a Quran competition in Egypt. They had this one Qanat called, I forgot the name, Qanat al-Fajr. Yeah. They used to release Quran videos and stuff. And they had a huge Quran competition called Mizmar al-Dhahabi. Okay. I mean, the, the stars, the golden stars. Yeah. So basically what would happen is, obviously it was all over Egypt, the biggest Quran reciters. And the, and always, if you watch the videos, mm-hmm. the brother that wins first place isn't the most talented brother. You know, I, there's one guy following all the maqamat rules. Let's say, yani, tones perfect, everything. Yeah. So I remember 
there was a qanat called qanat al-fajr in egypt back in the day mm. and they used to host a big brand competition where people from all around the world yeah. uk Egypt, Libya, Saudi, from all around, all parts of the world used to compete in this Quran competition. Mm-hmm. And it was a voice Quran competition. So you'd find people that, subhanAllah, when it comes to the recitation rules, tajweed, voice-wise, they're so perfect. They follow all the maqamat rules, tajweed yeah. rules. But someone who probably recited in maybe one voice or two voices or three voices at most, wins first place. And this guy did probably all eight maqams yeah. that existed. Yeah. And like when they obviously for after every reciter recites or he performs, you know, you get the taliqat, the comment commentary from the judges. judges and they give yeah. you some comments and some points, either, you know, some bad points, good points. It doesn't really matter. So some of the brothers, every single time I watch it, the brothers that win, it's not because they're thinking about maqamat. It's because the Quran is leading them to, to recite. It's they're the reciting heart. from the heart. They're reciting from the heart. And when, when you recite the Quran from the heart, it'll enter another the heart. SubhanAllah. And plus the this whole notion, you know, like this this whole wave that's going on where oh I gotta read in a good voice all the time. And all uh, oh um to win a competition you have to have a voice. A good voice, yeah. Yeah. The Quran if you read in Tajweed mm-hmm. and with good at that, I promise you the Quran will will, will beautify itself. SubhanAllah. You won't have to worry about maqam this, maqam that. Because we didn't we we didn't used to do that. So about maqamat, about maqamat. I, I, I'm, I'm not urging anyone to go learn it. I'm saying, yes, it's good. It will enhance your abilities. It's extra. But even yeah. the, with the maqamat instructors themselves, they'll advise you to learn one and stick with one. Because mm. if you start learning all these voices, it messes you up. Yeah. And another point I have to make is the way you learn it. Mm. The way pretty much I learned it is you can basically call it the imitation of different reciters. Okay. There's different people that, and this is when it becomes haram. And this is the ulama, when, the, when, the, when you go to alim and ask him maqamat, the first thing that comes to him is a person that goes to music school, okay. learns all these musical tones, and then applies it to the Quran. Mm. Then it's haram. Now, now you, you, know, you took a route where you learned music, and now you're, <laughs> you're degrading the Quran. Yeah. But if you go back, let's say you listen to Sheikh Muhammad Ayyub, some parts, you went to Sheikh Afasi, Sheikh Umar Qazabiri, and then Minshawi, you took every part of their voices, and then mashallah that's what I did personally speaking okay. that's what I, was I, I and yeah. then and that's then I learned the names after and I was like oh so basically what I was doing earlier was this name that's okay. when I learned after okay. but yeah. basically what it is is going to different reciters mm. and learning from them but it's never about oh my god go oh my god, do this tone and and, I, and I think I and see it's not this, this is this is what we're seeing today yeah. it's that people don't understand what you're saying exactly. about the maqamat um, and I know ulama of the salaf had a, a strict stance on maqamat because of where people were taking it to exactly, which levels. Exactly. And when it got out of hand, you know, it became like they, they made tahrim on it. They said, mm. no, you cannot do this. Exactly. Um, Honestly, um, about the maqamat topic, we personally, did not, when we were first learning, we didn't intend on learning the maqamat, maqamat. just for the maqamat. Can we explain what maqamat are? Maqamat are tones that or I guess they they came from Ahmed's better explaining. Go ahead. Maqamat basically are alhana sautiya. Okay. Basically tones from the sot mm-hmm. or from okay. the voice. So right now, uh, uh, if you go to experts, if you talk, he'll probably give you a maqam for what you're talking yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Yep. So when people, I mean, when people say, I mean, the asal of it, it's haram. In usul fiqh, if you look at it, and if you, I mean, I ask my mashaykh, everything is halal until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it haram or proven Absolutely. otherwise. Yeah. So right now, maqamat is maqamat al-sawtiyah. Let's say yeah. a person recites today. Before, before musical instruments came out, 
it was a human voice that was there yeah. Yeah. before yani, <clears throat> the musical tones come from voices of the people yeah, yeah. So, so maqamat is alhana sauti. It's from vo- your voice and stuff. Mm. No. So there's people that, يعني, before us that came. There's no one today that can come up with a new voice. Sah, sah. Everyone is copying someone. Muhammad, you okay. copied a sheikh called Zaki Dagestan. You can search it up mm. right now. Yeah. Okay. It sounds exactly like so him. So basically, I'm not saying it's something, it's not wajib. It's something mubah, like using a phone, yeah. you know, going playing so- soccer. It's something yeah. mubah. But then the way you can use it, it can be haram. It can lead to haram. Like if you, Anything like, can I- 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 if you start breaking true. the tajri rules, Start pr- playing yeah. with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's yeah. words Deviating yourself from the, the path of uh, uh, Think about the ayah, reflecting the ayah mm. Pondering about the ayah Then it becomes haram okay. It can be, it becomes halal If you, now it gives you tadabbur right, right, You're right. getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mm. You're understanding the ayat more It makes the tafsir more, more mm. interesting And now you understand, wow, when I recite this voice And you feel so much Like ask me now, go like, wow, subhanAllah like and like and I now understand the biggest correlation between mm-hmm. them. So it's a two pathway. It's like the phone. You can either do da'wah with it, or you can promote badness. Um, yeah, no, that's good. Or promote evil. So yeah, now that we know what maqamat are, um, what I was gonna say was, when we initially started, you know, um, especially with the the voices part. So this was after first that w- we learned to read, mm-hmm. and our ma'an perfected our tajweed, and our da and our hiv. So this is. W- well into our you know Quran okay. journey, so you guys just didn't learn maqamat just from yeah. the start, and, and yeah. also when um, we started it, we did not intend to learn these maqamat. So I was like, oh, for example, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll I'll go on search up YouTube maqam um, bayat. Okay. Oh, this this is the this is the tone, this is the styles of it. I have to follow it this way. That's not what we did. We went just like any other kid. We went on YouTube, played a Quran video. We liked this voice. Uh, Compared to this guy I like his voice better okay. And we imitated him And we took Whatever we like From everybody mm. We used to listen To a lot of shiuch You know yeah. And we met mashayikh. a lot of shiuch In our day So we used to listen To everybody mashayikh. Uh, and, yeah. mm-hmm. and um And We take one, uh, what we like From each one Compile it into one oh, And yeah. it becomes This one Ultimate unique voice That's mm. yours Wow But yeah yani, so Even when you were saying The Egyptian status For example yani, If you look at The old ulama the old, like the old scholars, I mean, the old ulama, they call them the amaliq or the legends, like Abdul Basit, Mishan. These guys did not know anything about maqamat. Yeah. They didn't know anything about maqamat. Mm-hmm. What they basically did was they looked at the different sadhus that came before them. They knew the names, obviously. Amos Swaid knows the names, even though he gets, he's against them. Everyone knew, I mean, they knew the names. But then what they would do is. They would listen to different reciters and yeah. mashallah now they created their own voice yeah. with different a different the same maqam probably yeah. with a different tone. The but then the new guys now, oh you have to go to the opera of Egypt. Like a sheikh would come to you, oh you have to go to opera of Egypt. You know, you have good potential with your Quran journey, Ibtihal journey, they call Ibtihal the, the poems and the she's about the Prophet. While you have Someone a strong said. voice, you should really go to the opera of music. How many times have any people come to come to me and go like yeah, you should go to music school to learn your, your body voice, voice capacity. That's when that's when it becomes haram. Yeah. And now you're comparing the Quran to music. Yeah. But when you recite the Quran with his proper tajweed, like a couple of days ago, I was re- listening to Egyptian recital. Med, the longest a med can be, no matter what type of med it is. Obviously, there's different rules to it. Sorry. There's meds that are four harakas. But let's say, for example, you're stopping at Allah right now. Yeah. You can make it two seconds, Allah. You can make it four seconds, Allah. And yeah. you can make it six seconds, Allah. But this brother, because he's going with the tone and everything, 
He made the med 20 seconds. It was super long. Tw- super long. Oh, like he was moving around too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, this you see, this is, this is where people yeah, put a bad image. Yeah, yani, you yeah. make, yani, you make, you play around. Yeah, the yeah, that's, that's and this one becomes wrong. But yani, I'll end with the, yani, sp- uh, pretty much a summary. If you want to know the maqamat, first and foremost, I'm going to advise you guys, stick to one voice. I'm, I'll tell you this, and this is what my sheikh told me. I did not yani, go around learning all these different voices. First and foremost, first thing that comes is tajween. Then, Obviously, memorizing many portions, a huge portion of the Quran or many chapters of the Quran. Thirdly, if you're going to learn the maqamat, pick one. Mm -hmm. Pick your favorite reciter. Or pick, like you said before, your voice made. So, yeah, so that's the thing you do. And then also remember, read the tafsir of the Quran. Mm. Read the tafsir of the Quran. Try to ponder, reflect the Quran. But then if you treat the Quran like music, wallah, your heart will be very empty. And you won't I, feel I, it. You won't feel, I've been in those you won't places. Feel the, I have been in those positions yeah, where yeah. I just seen the Quran. It's like, oh my God, you, you said, and this beautiful is darra. But I, I listened to more lectures. I, I read more tafsir kitabs. And I was like, wow, mashallah. I learned the, the, the different Arabic terms. Yeah. So alhamdulillah. But if you're going to learn the maqamat, there's conditions. There's conditions. And those conditions are, number one, tajweed. And the number, the number two thing is having that reflection of the Quran. If you see yeah. that it's taking away uh, the pondering or the reflection of the Quran, leave it. Yeah. Don't, don't go and you won't, you won't feel it. You're like the true, like when people talk about the sweetness of Iman and the Quran and the, 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 fe- the, good, the good feeling that you feel when you, when you hear the Quran and when it touches the heart, you won't truly feel it. Just listen off Muhammad. Maybe yeah. you hear something your ears are like, but you won't really have that passion and to always read, recite, uh, exactly. Listen, uh, you know, always have the Quran in your uh, company. And I think this is the point here: the intimacy of the Quran. You'll see people in salah, whether it's taraweeh or other than taraweeh, yeah. you'll find people that are crying inside the salah. Right? Because Allah may mean for the right reasons, but you'll find other. You know, some people they will cry because the voice sounds beautiful. Yeah. And some people they'll cry because of the meaning of the Quran. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, and uh, that some people when they recite the Quran, you'll just know that this is something that Allah. It's revealed. hitting. It's hitting you. This is something that really Allah. So he yeah. said, yeah. This here, when you listen to Allah's greatness, right, and this, and it is encompassed in these verses. Yeah. And somebody listens to that, all their problems, everything, it goes and you direct it to, Allah you know, the bab of hawaj, hawaj, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He can answer all your problems. When you listen to the greatness of Allah, you'll begin to internalize the purpose of your creation and the reality of your maker. My last question is this. What are some advices that, you know, people... Maybe young brothers, sisters may look up to you guys and they may be feeling like, I, I don't know if I can do all that. You know, Those mm. guys, they want competitions and stuff. I don't know if I'm that good or, you know, my voice isn't that amazing. So I don't, I don't know if the Quran journey is my journey. Okay. Um, I don't think a lot, you know. So what do you think? Well, I want to start with um, people, you know, who say that, oh, I'm not that good. You know, people when they see, you know, Brother Ahmed here. Yeah. Going crazy on you know on Instagram or mashallah you know and people say oh I can't do that oh and they see him on Dubai you know when he won and they're like how is his memorization that perfect yeah. mashallah likewise likewise and I'm, I saw you when they see him taken off when they see Muhammad with the King Faisal son uh, taking a, 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 a jaiza award yeah. Allah Akbar mashallah yeah, trying to flip it on me but anyway uh, <laughs> yeah. when people see that and I tell them okay maybe 
Qadir Ahmed's reach, but there's people like me, you know. I started out nothing. I could barely do a page. Average at best. I could even do a page you one time. You could do a page, subhanAllah. Yeah. To being able to do eight in a day. SubhanAllah. To doing a hizb a day. Wow. To memorize the whole Quran. La hawla wa la billah. Wallahi, SubhanAllah. With what he's saying, Allah same shuk. thing with me. Yeah. I have a story, I have a story. So Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, I, I think he remembers, there, there has been a time yeah. where they used to do mini tests. I don't know if you remember, there was a time there was a, a teacher would come in. Mini like, A random teacher, not your own teacher, obviously. They would choose, they would rotate to teachers to go to different classes. Mm-hmm. So a teacher from another class would come to your class to test you. So obviously, that you have a choice. A teacher goes like, what are you ready for? Five ajzat, three ajzat, one juz. So I told the sheikh that was at, at that time, that was my sheikh. I told him, I only know one juz. And I only know three ajzat, sorry. And then he went, yani some sheikhs, you know, this is also what I was saying about the connection between the student and the teacher. Some teachers, they know the the level of their student. And some teachers, they don't really don't care about that. They're yeah. just waiting for the next paycheck to fall in. So so I told the sheikh, I only know three ajzat. He said, you know, he just wrote me in the five ajzat group. The sheikh comes and he, and he was deliberate disrespect. I was, felt so disrespected. I was so mad that I didn't answer any of the questions. I was like, I'm not going to answer any questions. So I was like, zero. And basically, the, the sheikh that came, the sheikh that came to test me was an assistant of my former teacher, which is Sheikh Abdul yeah. Then I came back to his class later yeah. on. And he was like, Ahmed, you were a prodigy in our class. Like, what happened to you? I was like, man, you don't understand. Like, I don't get along with this teacher. And it's important that teacher and student connection, if it's not there, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 you know, that journey will not work. So what happened was I got zero out of 100. Wow. And the sheikh that time, he was very strict. He would announce the result in front of the whole class. Yo. I got the lowest score out of 60 students in the whole class. Imagine, and today, and today, alhamdulillah, and I used to struggle with the Quran. My first Quran competition, I remember it was Connecticut uh, with Abdul Khaliq and Umar. Muhammad Ahmed was in, he was learning 15 at that time, cooling, you know, he was chilling. He was chilling while we were getting, struggling with Fajr. You know, we were struggling with Fajr. We were waking up, uh, you know, Fajr, this guy was eating his little, you know, Twix. (laughs) Mashallah, chilling. So basically what happened was, subhanAllah, like it was so difficult. I cried. I was yeah. like, you know what? I can't do this. Like one day before the Quran competition, I was like, Mom, I can't do this. Because my ma'alim made me, I memorized 15 ajzat one month. 15 ajzat one month. I had wow. to sit down. It was seventh grade. I had to sit down every single day learning dozens of pages. And I still didn't get it. I didn't make a solid before the Quran competition. Mm. I was like, Hoya, I cannot do this at all. I cannot do this at all. I was crying. And then a guy came to me, gave me some uh, incur- words of encouragement. Then I went there. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I mean, the advice I'll give people is, we started from the bottom, bottom. I had, I mean, if you go back to my old Quran station videos, like even the breath, breath capacity was so low. Oh I remember, like, like I remember my sheikh would mark before, 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 before like the recitation events. Like yeah. we had, used to, we call it umsiya Qurani, the nights of Quran. Yeah. So my sheikh would mark the kitab for me where to stop every three, two words because I had such a short breath. So we came from the bottom. Me, Muhammad Ahmed, Muhammad Ahmed can talk about his. I came from the bottom. But bottom. yeah. Um, to give you guys practical, you know, advice, we would say, you know, um, take like any any progress is better than none. You know, absolutely. You don't have to learn a page a day. Just be consistent. One Just, ayah. Yeah, the exactly. hadith of the prophet. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head, but paraphrase. Um, yeah, Um, wow. Are you talking about the one when the, the person struggles with the Quran? No, the. Oh man. You forgot it. What's the what's like the what are we theme? About right now? what's the theme? <laughs> so the, the uh, advice about the Quran, learning the yeah. Quran. Is it um the intercession? No, the hadith was uh, Allah loves the actions 
no matter how oh, small yeah, yes, yes. consistent exactly. ones exactly. even if they're small exactly. then doing a bunch at once so when, when people oh, think right. oh okay I'm gonna start this journey now uh, just like Ramadan you know people start with all this energy hype uh, all this hype oh, I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna try to do a page a day uh, this many days don't do that yeah. then you what hurt you do? yourself you're gonna hurt yourself so what you do is you start with less than you know what you can do you mm. say you can do a page do half because you know why because those days when you get lazy you, you, you'll still be able <laughs> you'll make up for you'll make up for it. you'll do the half <laughs> yeah because you'll be lazy about a page but I definitely you'll be lazy about a half okay Exactly. So yeah, Ali, yes. let's put, finish yeah. up Ali, the advice part. Uh, like wrap it up last second yeah, things, yeah. you know. The first thing obviously is ikhlas, like we said from the beginning, having good intentions. And you know, the hadith that I mentioned earlier. The second thing is um making dua, a lot mm-hmm. of dua. Yes. Praying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes this journey easier for you. Yeah. Third thing, having a good teacher. Fourth thing, uh, having good friends صالحة, Having mm-hmm. a support team People that push you forward And that's one of the most important things The brotherhood I mean, uh, The fifth thing is um, Applying that Quran in your daily life you Have so much more barak in your life And sixth thing is consistency Like Muhammad said The most smallest things is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That are consistent yep. like, Let's say you started you know, praying Maybe uh, four rakahs of Qiyam al-Layl Say four rakah, only four rakahs of Qiyam al-Layl where you pray, you know, Qurullah every single day. That's that's pretty good enough. That's good. My father, my father, yani, I, I try to wake up one night trying to pray one juz. I can't, I stop the next day. My father, my father, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him. Allah, he prays Qiyam al-Layl every single night. But what does he pray with? Small portion, but it's very consistent. Every morning he wakes up after Fajr, he recites one juz. And he, yani, he never learned to read the rules. He never yeah. memorized the Quran. Wow. But he, he recites that same word yomi mm. and every single month he finishes the Quran at least once. And he never he, he recites his adkar. Small stuff, but yet consistent. Allah loves so, that the most. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. loves that most. So consistency is the last thing. And also a lot of shukr and dua, like I said earlier, mm. whatever you learn. I know the, the the brothers from Tajikistan, I think, or Dagestan, I don't know how you say it. Uh, they live in Egypt. When they memorize the Quran, let's say they memorize ten ajza. Yeah. That night they pray in all ten ajza to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala appreciation. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees this, He'll open so much doors. Mm-hmm. But then the second you start treating the Quran as like a burden and stuff, uh, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will make your life very difficult. And subhanahu. I'll end with this. Whoever, whoever leaves the path of the Quran, whoever leaves the path of the Sunnah, whoever leaves the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, meaning the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him a tight life. A depressing life yeah. And you see a lot of people You go like Oh Are you ready to start the Quran with me Like people ask you You know they're all hyped Oh bro I want to recite the Quran with you You know I want to learn Quran from you But then they come to you bro Exams mm. If you're putting the exam over the Quran Wallahi Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Will make that I need the exam harder for you I remember there were nights Where I had big exams Maybe yeah. an anatomy exam I'm going to get tested On all the bones in the human body The next day And yet I I show, up to, I, I, I show up to class and I recite my Quran, whether it be five edges, six edges. What happens after that? Without me studying that well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me tawfiq. Yeah. So, last thing, but now they remember that if you give shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He'll increase you. But what mm-hmm. if you guys disbelieve, if you guys do not give shukr to Him, yeah. verily mm-hmm. my punishment is severe. So, and uh, I want to conclude with okay. uh, last, um, I just want to say, and patience. Yes. The last one, the so most important, Allah patience. Yeah, because it's not it's not an easy rule. It's not an easy. I'm gonna just be blunt. Yeah. You know, people. I hope uh, your audience, you know, 
No, appreciate sure. honesty. Uh, we need patience. Uh, this, this is the Dean lovers are always. Yeah. <laughs> Allah. Dean lovers, Allah. man. Allah. Yeah. Um, patience is very important. Mm. You know, let's not uh, you know lie to each other. It's going to be a hard road, very Sorry. hard road. Sorry. But you know, just like Ahmed said, if you have a good teacher, your 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 parents, uh, supporting cast Absolutely. and all that, well, I, it makes it easier. You but know, there's those days where so I need let's let's both. I I want to personally give a shout out to my mom. Yeah. Sacrificed but a lot. All four of her parents. Lie, well, lie, shout I, out to moms and dads. Man, I can't lie to you. Well, I mean, I'm like it's not fair to put the mom and the dad yeah, in the yeah, same position. Uh, I yeah. cannot. I'll not. I'll, I'll tell you that straight up. And my father knows this. He says when yeah. you go into interviews, podcast. Don't give me any any don't be you know you can you know be respectful be respectful you know be respectful to me obviously I want you to be dutiful to me but don't lie Ahmed we know every single thing comes from the mom like I remember my mom would work sometimes you know she would come home and my father goes like oh what did you recite today and I go like oh I recited and she would ask my dad what page did you recite and then he was like he tricked you he recited this page to me yesterday so the mom knows your progress in school and everything secondly I'll give my Give big shout out to Sheikh Abdul Nasser Farah. Yeah, sacrificed sure. a lot of Zark opportunities. Oh. Like one of the points that you mentioned earlier, saying you know the Sheikh leaving, uh, uh, I mean leaving a group of students for a better offer. My Sheikh had way better offers, way yeah. I mean, yeah, I six figures, maybe even more offers that he could way, yeah, I mean, bigger dunya opportunities. Sacrifice his life, but for he us. sacrificed yeah. his life for us. He sacrificed his life for us, and I will say Jazakallah Khairan. And I mean, well, I put him at a higher. And he status to my own parents. Subhanallah. Sheikh. Yeah. He, he, and he's the highest. Yeah. And thirdly, you know, our also our Sheikh that we sat on right now, Sheikh Walid Al Minisi, who's the Sheikh of our Sheikh, a big, a big alim in this community that يعني, we have to give him a shout out. And he, he he has done a lot for the Somali community in here and the Muslim community uh, as a whole. And many other ulama, but يعني, especially Sheikh Walid, we've done a lot with him he established one of the first musabaqat here oh, done a lot for us helped us build a lot of Marrakesh Islamic University Islamic University of Minnesota him and Sheikh Farooq Allah barik fihim and you know billahi tawfiq yeah so you know, may, may Allah may Allah preserve all of our teachers our parents um, uh, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on our parents and Amen. to bless them and preserve them and may Allah make it easier for all those uh, individuals out there who are questioning their potential of the Qur'an. And may Allah, um, uh, you know, put the nur of the Qur'an in our hearts Amen. and embellish us with the love of the Qur'an um, and to understand its Amen. meaning. وَحِفْدُهُمْ وَفَهْمُهُمْ And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raise us in ranks Amen. and to make us from his uh, special people, the special people of the Qur'an. And, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allow us all to reunite in Jannatul Firdos. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys all benefit from this podcast. Until next time, the lovers. And we have, uh, we are exiting out with our you know, famous uh, 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 guests. We have Ahmed Burhan and Qari Muhammad. Allah yibaruk fikum. Subhanakallah. Bihamdik. Nashadun la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.